everyone, hello and welcome to another edition of the Saturday Splash here on Riverside Radio with me, Rosie. Now, if you are new to this show, this is your nature fix for the week. I like to look at nature around where we live here in southwest London, but also to hear a bit further from a field um, sometimes as well. And we even often hear from local scientists, local families. And at the end of each month, we do a nature news roundup to try and hear of some of the slightly more positive nature news stories out there, because sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming hearing some of those slightly less positive nature news stories out there. So today it is, well, it's the beginning of April. We have past and whiz through March. So we've got lots of lovely nature news stories from March. We're going to be talking birds, beavers and other beasties that are out there. Lots, lots to cram in over the next hour. And we will get started after some Pitbull. Welcome back. You are listening to the Saturday Splash here on Riverside Radio. That was Pitbull featuring Anthony Watts and DJ WS. I feel good. And yes, I do feel good. It is a Saturday morning. The sun is out, even though it is pretty chilly out there. I recommend taking a hat if you're heading out. And we're here on the Saturday Splash. And we are going to be talking about all sorts of weird and wonderful nature things, as we do every Saturday morning. And I've got some wonderful news stories for you this week from March to cheer you up on this lovely Saturday morning. And the first news story I want to share with you, um, we're going to be diving straight in with a bird called a bittern. Now, I had actually never seen one of these before, before I googled it, but they are all around us here in London. They look a little bit like a brown, small heron. So if you've ever seen a heron before, kind of imagine shrinking one of them down. It's brown. It's kind of a bit puffy, uh, puffy even. It's covered with kind of darker streaks along its back as well. And you might never have seen them because they're really, really secretive. They're quite shy. They're very difficult to see. They're kind of... They're kind of around water usually and they move silently through the reeds looking for their tasty dinner. Now, the reason why I want to talk to you about these is because they have been in the news this week. Unfortunately, over the past kind of a few hundred years, this species of bird has gone extinct in this country, not just once, it's gone extinct twice in this country. So in the 1870s and then in the 1990s, these animals were not doing good at all. There was estimated just 11 of the males of this species left in the whole of the UK in 1997. However, we said it's good news, didn't we? So this is a good news story, really. This month, there was news reports that the RSPB reported that these birds, these bitterns, had a record-breaking year last year. Up to 228 of the males counted. So going from 11 to 228 over a good few years, and that these species are doing really, really well. So that is great news. And why are they doing so well? Well, it's thanks to people who are looking after our wetlands. So we've got the London Wetland Centre. We've got Walthamstow Wetlands. We actually spoke to Jen from Walthamstow Wetlands a few months ago, who, who are looking after the wetlands around us and telling everyone how important and vital the wetlands are. And it's great to hear that all of that hard work that these amazing people are doing to our wetlands is paying off. And it's paying off for the bitterns who have you know, had loads and loads of babies, doing super well now. But it's not just those. Up to 40% of life here on this planet, 40% depends on wetlands at some point. So thank you to everyone who's looking after our wetlands. 
we can help you as well. Um, and that's a bit of a glimmer of good news when hearing about nature for this month. Now, one last fact about these bitterns that I think is pretty cool. How have scientists been able to count them? We said that they're quite secretive. You don't really see them very much. They're kind of shy, creeping through the reeds around water. Well, actually, even though that these animals are quite shy, the males have this, what they call a boom or a foghorn noise that they can make. And they make this booming noise um, to attract a mate usually. And you can hear it from over three miles away. So they're super, super loud. And the scientists, I can just imagine them with, with their ears perked, listening out for these bitterns. But there we go. Some lovely good news to start off April. The bitterns, the wetlands have been doing well. We've got some more nature news coming up after Fireboy DLM. This is Only girl in the world there by Rihanna. Hello again. You are listening to Riverside Radio and the Saturday Splash. Now, you are just in time to hear about a species of bird that we do have living around us here in South West London. In fact, across the whole of London, that's a really, really good time to see. And I bet you... Lots of you listening today will have seen one of these quite recently. I am, of course, talking about herons. Yep, herons. If you've never seen a heron before, I, I'm, I'm certain you might have seen one around. But if you've never seen one before, they're often stood on one leg. They've got these really, really long legs, super still. They're kind of grey along their back, these lovely long legs. And then they've got this long, long white neck and the bright yellow beak. And if you looked really closely, you'd see they've also got like a black eye stripe around their eye there. Now, you've, you've probably seen them around. But if, like me, you've been out lots over this month, you may have seen lots and lots of herons. And they do just stand there, don't they? Just on one leg, really, really silently. They barely move. You're kind of like, is that real? Well, it is real. It's just waiting for fish to swim by so it can ambush them and jump down on them. And they do spend most of their time on their own. But the reason why I've seen so many lately, I've seen one um, by the Thames close to Wandsworth Bridge a few weeks ago. I saw one by Merton Sainsbury's in the little river there. And also one up by Southside's by the Wander along there. It's because this time of year, is when their first eggs are hatching. So they laid their eggs kind of at the beginning of February or the end of January, and they're starting to hatch there. And the parents might be out looking for extra food to feed the babies. And what's really good about this time of year is because they make their nests on the top of tall trees near the water, the trees haven't yet got all of their lovely green leaves. So this is actually a really good time to be able to spot the babies in the nests. So next time you're walking along by the river or even the wandle, or maybe you've got even little ponds near where you live, if you see any herons about, look up. You're looking for a really large bundle of twigs at the top of the tree. And if you look very, very closely, you might be able to see little baby herons at this time of the year. Now, when they make their nests, they, they might just make one or two, but sometimes herons group together and make almost like a super duper nest where you've got loads and loads of nests connected together. And they call these a heronry. I can't say that quite right, can I? A heronry. Um, and they group the nests together. And across London, there are 16 of these super duper nests. And guess what? Here in South West London, 
Yep, we've got some ourselves. So just down the road in Battersea Park, there are some of these super duper heron nests. So if you are heading out to enjoy the nice spring sun and maybe even the spring snow, have a look up in the trees. If you see any herons standing around, you're likely to see them at this time of year. See if you can find any of the babies up in the tall tops of the trees poking their heads over the nests and if you find any let me know you can um, tweet us instagram at this is riverside we've got more coming up after griff and sigrid we are of course talking about some wonderful nature news stories and the next one i'm going to tell you about a little bit of a teaser this is about an, another animal that depends on wetlands um but which animal is it so i'm going to give you some clues and see if you can work it out over the break so it's small it's usually brown and fluffy it's got this long kind of flat tail and it has orange teeth it has orange teeth which animal am i talking about let's see if you can work it out we'll reveal it after the break Welcome back. You're listening to the Saturday Splash with me, Rosie. And before the break there, I sent you a bit of a challenge to see if you could work out which animal was up next in our monthly nature news. So I said it was small, it was brown, quite furry, a long flat tail. And the weird thing about it has orange teeth. So it has orange teeth because it crunches on trees. It's always crunching through them. And its teeth need to be super, super strong because they're covered in iron. So what animal am I talking about? Any ideas at all? It is, in fact, a beaver. A beaver. So why am I talking about beavers on a Southwest London radio station? Well, that is because, big news, beavers are back in London. Now, my only kind of experience with beavers is from Lady and the Tramp. I've never seen a beaver in real life. I'm a big nature nerd. I've been lucky enough to see lots of weird and wonderful nature out there, but I've never actually seen a beaver. All I can think of when I think of beavers is that scene in Lady and the Tramp where there's there's that beaver with the squeaky voice. But... There used to be beavers here in the UK. They went extinct in the 16th century, so a good few years ago. But now, organisations like the Beaver Trust are bringing them back to the UK. And this project has been running for a good few years. And they've been introducing beavers into some wild areas, on some areas that are managed, so they're protected, maybe with fences over a big, big area. There are lots of these beavers up in Scotland and some around Cornwall and Wales. But now there is one or two in London as well. So, in the news recently in March, there was a headline that caught my attention. It was talking about Justin Beaver. And I'm not sure if that's the real name of the beavers, but I think it's good, so I'm going to go with it. I'm up in Enfield at Forty Hole Farm, um, up in North London, They released a few beavers into a a really, really large enclosure that's 60,000 square metres. And these beavers are out there now. There are beavers officially in London in the waterways up in Enfield. And one day, hopefully, they'll be released further. But you might be thinking, why? Why do we need beavers? Why are we putting beavers in the UK? There's actually so many really, really good reasons. So first of all, 
Beavers are one of the few animals that change their habitats. You might know that they build dams, they build lodges. Um, so a dam is loads and loads of bits of wood that stop the water. Um, and these, these kind of structures actually make our rivers healthier. So number one, they decrease flooding. Number two, they filter out pollutants. So if there are pollutants maybe from agriculture or farming nearby, they help to filter out some of those pollutants. It also captures carbon, which we know is a huge problem. And they prevent drought and they provide homes. These little waterway systems provide homes for all sorts of different little living things that are really, really important. And any areas that the beavers clear down by chomping through the wood or the plants actually become perfect places for wildflowers and loads of creepy crawlies. So that's why um, organisations like the Beaver Trust and others are reintroducing beavers back into the UK. It's cheap, it's natural, um, it's a solution that can actually work quite quickly. So in some areas where they've done this before, they saw that within one to three years having beavers there actually had really positive impacts in just that short time frame now i did chat to some of the people from beaver trust this week and they are happy to come on and chat to us um, towards the end of this month to tell us a little bit more about these beavers that have been released in london and we'll hear a little bit more about some of the good things that they can do so i'm super super excited um, to be speaking to them in a few weeks time so there we go. Who knew? Beavers in London. They're back. Justin Beaver is here. This is that was Lizzo featuring Arianda Grande. Good as hell. Welcome back. You are, of course, listening to the Saturday Splash here with Rosie on Riverside. And up next in our nature news roundup this week, we're going to be we're going to be sailing a little bit further. We're going to be leaving southwest London behind. We're going to be going all the way over to Florida. I'm sure you wouldn't mind that. A nice bit of a holiday in Florida. And I'd like to introduce you to an animal called the manatee. Now, you may have heard of manatees. They're sometimes called sea cows. Um, some people get them a bit confused with legends of mermaids and things like that. They don't look anything like a mermaid. They are grey. They're big. They are chunky, definitely. They, they are a mammal, so they, are, they do look a bit roundish. They've got this long snout with loads of whiskers. They've got two front flippers and then one long paddle tail. They don't really have back legs. It's all kind of in the tail. And they swim along. They live in the ocean. They found around the Amazon, the Caribbean, and in this case, Florida. Now, the manatee population in Florida wasn't doing very well at all. Um, so one of the problems that they had was they eat seagrass. Seagrass is a really, really important habitat. We even have some in this country that I've been to visit. There were seahorses there in south, um, the south of England. Seagrass is an amazing habitat. Manatees like to eat the seagrass. But because the seagrass is a little bit kind of vulnerable, it doesn't do too well with kind of the chemicals, the herbicides that find its way into the water, even things just like boat propellers. No good for the seagrass. So with the less seagrass around, the manatees were going really, really hungry. And in fact, lots of manatees didn't get enough food to survive over the last few years. But this is a good news story, right? Well, the, the local kind of wildlife um, organisations out there in Florida went, we need to do something to help these manatees from starving. And what they did is they, they kind of produced this winter feeding programme and essentially got tonnes and tonnes and tonnes of, it looks like cabbage, it could be lettuce, I'm not 100% sure, but this cabbage lettuce type of food 
and they had a feeding program with these wild manatees and actually it's been deemed a massive success because it seems to have saved many many hundreds from manatees from from just going too hungry and not being able to survive um, and the videos of them feeding these manatees, they're, they're like queuing up, waiting for their food. They look so hungry. And they're going to stop, be stopping the programme in the next few weeks. Um, so this was throughout March that they announced that this was a massive success. They'll be stopping it soon because the manatees will soon start to swim away to other waters um, so they can eat elsewhere. But some really, really good news and reminds us that there is so much hard work happening to help save and protect loads of nature and wildlife around us. We can all do our bit as well. Nice little bit of a good news story and it's definitely a hilarious video to watch online if you want to see some manatees feeding but that does remind me i do want to say it's not always a good idea to feed wildlife lots of wildlife do not want or do not need your food and if you are going out and if you are feeding the ducks i've said this before and i'll say it again ducks do not want your bread if you're going out to feed the ducks take them lettuce take them maybe some seeds they do not want bread it's no good for them so They'll be very grateful if you take, can take them some of your old salad or some, some old seeds and things like that. But there we go. The manatees are doing well. Um, and and that's, that's a good, good way to be on a Saturday morning. We've got a few more um, news stories coming up. But first off, we've got In My Head. Hello, welcome back. You are still listening to the Saturday Splash here on Riverside Radio. And a bit of news I do want to share with you is actually very much to do with you. I need your help. So here on Saturday Splash, we like to hear about local nature news stories. We like to hear from local scientists, local um, wildlife organisations, and also local families and schools. And I would like you to get involved. Over the next month, I have got a jam-packed schedule of various different scientists, from plants to, um, we've got pterosaurs, we've got bats, we've got penguins over the next month we've got so many different experts coming in from southwest london to talk to us about various different amazing weird and wonderful nature and i am looking for families or school groups to come into the studio to meet the scientists or meet the experts chat to them and we always like to have a bit of fun here on riverside radio so we'll be playing some fun games with our scientists we're making sure that they're silly scientists not serious scientists and hearing about all of those amazing nature things so if you would like to get involved, maybe you are a like, local organisation that works with wildlife and you'd like to come in and tell your story, or maybe you just really want to get on radio, you want to give your kids a day out into Riverside Radio Studios, get in touch with me here at Riverside Radio. My name is Rosie, so you can email rosie at riversideradio.com. And of course, we will take good care of you um, and... Yeah, you can come and be here on radio chatting to some of the local scientists. Maybe you'll be talking about bats. Maybe you'll be talking about dinosaurs. I've got a good dinosaur show coming up soon. So if you'd like to get involved, rosie at riversideradio.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Now, we've got love tonight. Hello and welcome back. I cannot believe how quickly the last hour has gone. Time flies when you are having fun. And we always have fun here on the Saturday Splash. That's almost the end. Now, you have got lots more coming up this Saturday afternoon. We're going to be hearing from the Riversiders, our student um, group who have been learning radio production. They'll be joining us in the studio soon and a jam-packed afternoon full of the latest tunes and music and sports. Now, next week, we are coming back to Saturday Splash and we are going to be 
learning to appreciate plants for Plant Appreciation Day. There we go. And I've got two fantastic guests. I have never met anyone more excited about plants in my whole life. They're going to be coming into the studio and convincing you and me why we should even bother caring about plants. I cannot wait. It's going to be a really, really good one. Um, and it's, it's almost time. Um, we've got the news at 11 and I will see you next week. <laughs>